0: All
1: day time, all that time, all that time, Yes, yeah, Welcome to the jungle, the Auburn men's basketball podcast. And
0: picking up right where Kessler left off, it's Broome with the block.
1: Auburn men, talking Auburn men's basketball.
0: We missed you, the jungle is already in mid-season form.
1: No frills. no gimmicks just ball Eddie Johnson in transition now here's your host Matt Donaldson and Jackson Garyt
0: all right everybody another tough road loss against a, another quad one opportunity for the resume falls by the wayside Auburn loses 83 to 78 against Texas A m in a weird anger-inducing fashion um there were so many runs in this game auburn was down early they were up double digits they lost the lead they took back the lead in the second half this was a game auburn was favored to lose by three or four points um but man they played really well in a lot of areas um but they just can't seem to hold this a&m team down the second straight time they've scored a ton of points against us and uh, lots to get into. My man, Ben Young, is here to help us cope with this latest defeat. Ben? I, I
1: don't like becoming the lost podcast guy, man. Oh. It's already hard being the graphics guy after a loss.
0: <laughs> What'd you see out there?
1: Um I, this is so much more frustrating to me than a Tennessee game because you're right. we We played really well. Um, we played to our identity in so many respects. And we did some things that Bruce Pearl teams do really well. We got into some fast break opportunities. We were aggressive driving. We had so many fantastic cuts in this game. Um, They weren't always finished well, particularly from Jalen. Jalen did most of his damage tonight from the outside, but we had so many guys cutting to the basket really well offensively, but it did leave us open with a little bit of transition defense. And, you know, we just got into some foul trouble with our big guys and they went at us in the paint to to kind of end this game. They went at our strength um and were able to pull away late. And it's 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 tough to watch because we played so well and it feels like this even more than the Tennessee game was a really, really huge missed opportunity.
0: Yeah. Um this is kind. I mean, on one hand, I really do feel like we're showing a lot of good things. Like uh, and maybe this is just my respect for, for buzz and a and I think they're a good team. I think they're going to be in the tournament. This is helping them move that direction. Um, they're nine and two in the league. And at some point nine and two in the league matters. Even if your schedule is a little, a little easier, they've only lost um, once at home. Uh, no, they haven't lost at home in sec play actually. Um, and, you know, despite all that, I think you and I texted before we were underdogs or whatever, but like, we think we're a little better than them. I think we're a little better than them, and I think that showed I,
1: yeah, I think we proved that tonight. our Our starting five was better than their starting five for sure. a and m uh, was kind of a two-man show. We were able to shut down Radford, which was huge. Um, Radford, one of the best players in the SEC right now. he absolutely torched us for thirty points in the last game. Um we held him to ten. We forced three turnovers on him, which was absolutely huge. our Our tenacious defense did a really good job. And you know our starters abused that stat sheet. We got six points out of Zep Jasper tonight. Um, it's interesting. This is so contradictory to what we've seen from Auburn all year. Our bench was quiet, well, but our it, our starting five I think was better than their starting five.
0: It's been happening for a while. The the bench has not. You know, it's it. They've been producing in certain ways. They flew. They fill their roles. They do a decent job. But, you know, it's been a long while since I felt like the bottom half of this roster was contributing offensively. And I think part of that's just SEC play. It's harder. The the level of competition's better. And you expect that. I don't expect our bench to be otherworldly. But I do think, you know, you've mentioned a lot Wendell coming off the bench last year. Even though he still was playing a lot of minutes, it still gave us this this thing off the bench. And we kind of had that with Flanagan when Chris Moore was starting, which that's a whole separate thing. We can't start Chris Moore the way he's playing right now. Uh um, no, no we but, cannot. But we don't. I mean, you're you're and then Chance is not playing. Johan is basically not playing, so you're down to Trey, who's probably the best weapon <laughs> maybe out of this backup. And then KD. And Trey had
1: a bad Trey had a bad night. He had a great night as a as a passing point. I was gonna he, say, with he had some 3 steals. Deals. Yeah, he had some great passes, a really fantastic assist. Um only one turnover, which is great, but no points. So, like, overall, it's hard to it's hard to really say that he was a contributing factor in this game, um, which it turns out we're really going to need. And the stat that we just have to talk about, you never want to blame the refs, but uh, we shot 14 free throws overall. We shot one in the first half. One. One singular free throw in the first half. a shot 39 free throws tonight. They got 31 of their points from the charity stripe. I don't care – how you feel about, you know, laying a loss at the feet of the officials, but nearly a quarter of their points, more than a quarter of their points came from the charity stripe. And we didn't even get to double digits from the free throw line. I, I, you have to acknowledge that as a factor.
0: Oh, there's no doubt. It, it 38% by the way, their points came from the, uh,
1: uh, Matt, the stat guy, everybody quick math guy. over
0: here on the, the iPhone. Um, so let me get hang on I, I forgot i haven't shared the screen yet let me pull this That's up okay so um
1: but we we should talk to about how um we had a good shooting night overall we shot yeah almost 38 percent from three we were 49 percent from the floor which is huge for yeah. us and again all of our starters went off we'll go down we'll go down the line but like this was a good effort by this team uh but college basketball is a game of runs and it just seemed like the guys in black and white tonight really inserted themselves in key moments to change the momentum of this game. And this is something that I think we talked about in our, in our preseason podcast, and it's really been borne out. This team does not have a huge margin for error, right? It only takes a couple of things, not going our way for us to lose a game like this and lose a game like we did against Tennessee. Um, It's encouraging to see that as we go through the season, this team is getting blown away less and less. We made a massive comeback in that second half against West Virginia and since then, we've looked like a more complete basketball team, which is yeah. great. We just, it, the margin for error is raised within.
0: It's so tight. I'm glad you brought that up. That was one of my key points. You're going to hear a lot of people talk about the free throws. We're going to talk more about the free throws. It was a huge disparity. It's a problem. Um, if you've listened to this podcast last year and a half, I don't really get into that too much. But tonight, I was banging my hands against the floor. like I was. I was really upset. Um, it just felt like one of those games where, you know, a lot of the 50, 50, um, foul calls didn't go our way. There were a lot of really frustrating, um, just it, look, and, and I, I look at this on both sides. Um, we didn't get to the line. I, those five missed free throws must've haunted me in my sleep. Cause that's all we missed. I, I thought we missed more than that. I thought we missed key free throws at key times. Wendell missed a front end of a one and one um
1: dylan missed the front end of Dylan airball those are both huge moments. one
0: uh wendell missed another one on an and one opportunity and there were there were others and then we just didn't get there a lot you know you look down the list we thought this team you know we know this team struggles to shoot you mentioned the percentages percentages were fine we won turnovers um we rebounding felt really bad we lost by four and only two on offensive rebounds 13 to 11. We held our own okay. Now, if you watch the game, you know that was where A&M started to flex their muscle. And if I had a real – other than the free throws, you know, I didn't – I thought we did a great job of team attacking, rebounding against Tennessee, even though we got out-rebounded by eight. I did not feel the same way tonight. I felt like Broom was in there by himself a lot. um, And I just didn't see a bunch of guards – our undersized guards, Jalen, I didn't see a bunch of guys. Um, four rebounds isn't enough for Jalen Williams in 31. It's it, it's just, it's not. Um, so if I had a bone to pick, that would that would be it, even though the statistics don't necessarily, you know, bear that out.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we we won some other categories that are usually huge for us. We won assists, which yeah. is a big deal. Uh, we have finished with 16 assists and only 10 turnovers. That's a pretty good ratio for this team. Uh, the winning recipe seems to be just holding ourselves to five, but that's pretty unrealistic overall. Um, A&M had 12 assists and 12 turnovers. We were aggressive there. Um, we finished with 10 steals to their five.
0: Well, let, we Let's had... talk about that. That's a great, that's where we should start. So A&M got up like five early, but we went on like a 15 to two run. And really the whole, we were missing a lot of easy shots early. That was the only reason we were down. Everything looked really good. Our game plan looked good. And defensively, you know, that AM game, we could not stay in front of anybody. Well, for the first 10 to 15 minutes of that first half, man, we were building walls. We were staying in front of guys. We were making it tough on them. Our help defense was really good. A lot of swipes at the ball when somebody's driving past you. Everybody was very engaged. And we fed off that. And we got out and ran. And we scored. You know, everybody wants us to, like, be aggressive and push. You know how you s- be aggressive? You don't just play good defense and force poor percentages. You you get steals, turnovers, and opportunities to get out off a of re- rebound. So
1: Yeah, and this is obviously, again, it's not going to be a, a fantastic year for us overall, but that comes down to the coach, coaching, and the scout. Understanding what kind of passing lanes they're trying to create when they're, they're on offense, that gives you that step. To know if i put my hand out here you saw this a ton of guys not keeping their eye on their men but sticking a hand back right. into a passing lane in anticipation of i know there's somebody coming in this lane behind me and if i can put a body in the way that's going to help interrupt that rhythm. and, and, and that we were, was huge, especially in the first half. and,
0: and we we're chasing guys off screens. We were getting Wendell was getting in passing everybody everybody did a really good job of buying in. And again, you always say this, and I think this is smart. You look at what we did the first game to what we did the second game. The coaches made really good adjustments on how we were defending them. You mentioned Radford. Radford still found a way to kill us with some dagger shots late. He's a great player. Um, but we made it harder on him. I but here's the problem. And this is probably where I would say a lot of the conversation tonight comes. You, A lot of stuff went right, and I'm really glad we're playing well on the road in tough environments against good teams, and we're just barely coming up short. That's really hard for the players. I Again, I continue to worry that they're just – at some point there becomes a breaking point. We haven't seen it. They came out with really good energy tonight off that Tennessee game, which was two 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 and a half days ago. Um, they did a really good job with this quick turnaround and they, I wish they had gotten one of those. Cause that would have felt like a huge win for this team. And they, they were close, but having said that, I was just so uncomfortable watching the second half of this game and really the end of the first half, because it became a little more familiar as a Bruce Pearl Auburn fan of like how we were playing, but it just scared me the whole time. Cause I'm like, I just, I don't know. I just felt like the defense let up a little bit, or A and M completely changed what they were doing. I'm not smart enough to fully know that. It just didn't feel well, like the same identity was there. You know what I mean? It, it shifted on. Yeah,
1: that. we got into the we we got into the zone a little bit too much, I think, in that Agreed. second half, Agreed. and a lot of that had to do with the foul trouble that we were in and the odd rotations that we put out there. Um, we saw some amazing, like this is this is one of the things that I was begging for in our group chat. We've all been talking about uh, KD and just kind of like how this team is going to organize itself and distribute the minutes. Well, um, we got my dream lineup tonight. At one point tonight, we had Wendell green on the floor at the two Trey Donaldson was running point. You had Flanagan playing three Jalen at four Janai at five. I think that is a fantastic look because now you have great ball handlers, pretty good shooters all over the floor. But one thing we've now seen two games in a row um, first because Dylan wasn't able to travel to Knoxville and tonight because both Dylan and and I were in serious foul trouble. We're not going to stretch. We're putting Johan at the five. Yep. And I got to say for, uh, about a three minute stretch between breaks, um, that he was out there. I think we got some quality five minutes from Johan at least defensively. Let me say that.
0: <laughs> Maybe he, he got two fouls in two minutes. And that's all I, I mean, he, he, he moved. Okay. Um, All right. So
1: let me, let me say this. I, I feel like his body positioning, he just looked so much more comfortable with where his defensive assignment was. I don't want to get into the fouling just because I think this game was officiated so strangely. Um,
0: Well, and one of the ones to be fair, what the second one on him was a great example of what you're talking about. It was just trash. It was such a bad,
1: there were so many times where our big men were straight up and down, you know, in the space that they are uh, allowed to have as a defender. And either the, the refs thought they were moving their feet or the AM guys got the lean in and didn't get a charge call for some reason. I don't know. So I don't want to put that on Johan. Um, and again, the the guy that was they were sending at him a lot was Marble, their big, strong forward who's got a weight advantage against him. Mm-hmm. And he finished four for nine from the line. So you know what? If Johan denies him an easy two and forces him to get it the hard way from the charity stripe, I'm fine with that. Particularly if you're gonna keep your body in that position and just not give them an easy look at the basket. Yeah, I think fine. we did a I think we did a really good job tonight of not giving them a ton of easy looks Yeah. Um, towards the end of the game as we were starting to get a little bit gassed. uh, I'm not seeing the minute breakdown here. There it is. Yeah. Our, our starters played some brutal minutes tonight. Um, And I think that was a huge part of kind of where we sort of collapsed down the stretch. Will Taylor hit some huge three pointers late. He obviously finished eight of nine from the line. Um, 22 points overall he was kind of there he was their leading scorer tonight and he was very much the straw that stirred the drink for them um well how about yeah.
0: this? i mean just to, to build off that marble hit some huge ones late because he kept getting there and we kept fouling outside of marble 27 of 30 at the line for the aggies that's where they won it i mean you can the refs the refs called a lot but you still got to go make them and and you know we had some key misses and they just kept draining them. And Jackson made a great point. I don't know if it was talking to me or on the podcast, you know, who adjusts to the change. The, the changes are so frustrating with the refs, but a had the home advantage. The refs started calling things. And this is what I always tell people. When we're in a game where the refs aren't calling as much and you're tempted to, you know, um, I don't know. You're tempted to like be mad that they're not calling stuff. I just have ne- I've rarely seen the Bruce Pearl team that thrives when the when the refs get whistle happy. I just don't see it very often.
1: No, and you could tell a lot of times in the second half they were meant to be makeup calls. There were some fouls they called uh, on us that were that were ticky tack and that sent us to the line for the first half of one and ones. Yeah. And uh, as they say, ball don't lie. Um, and <clears throat> so we 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 missed those and we weren't able to add that second shot in. Um, and yeah, this, this seems to be a team where our veteran guys get stuck into the mold of how a game is going to go. And if I had a if I had a big gripe against them, because all of them do so well at understanding the scout and executing mm-hmm. kind of what our game plan is going to be, it's that live action adjusting to how the game is looking on the floor, how the game is being called, the different looks that they're going to throw at you. Um, it, that seems to be where we struggle. We're really prepared going in, particularly the last couple of games. We've started so hot and... and gotten the looks that we wanted and executed in a way that we needed to and we're just not able to put together 40 good minutes of that or the majority of 40 good minutes yeah
0: and that's hard to do obviously Uh, you know all the coaches and teams in this league are gonna adjust they're gonna see what you're doing and and change and that's what we're trying to do um i do i do want to give credit you know all those veteran guys that you mentioned the starters um thought they showed a lot of guts down you know there was a stretch where I think we were eight of nine from the field and they, and it was nine of 11 and everybody's hitting shots. And it was very frustrating because I'm, I'm with this team. I think so much about stops defensively and, and tonight finishing with a rebound after a stop and like, and it just, every time we would score and Wendell did a masterful job of keeping us in this game and Jalen hit a bunch of shots and Flanagan was good at times and broom was really good at times. Um It, so those guys, I think they showed the value of the veteran presence on the road again. Um, Two tough road games. But uh, it's just – and I do want to dig down a little bit. This is why I think Ben and I are so mad. Um, I just – we watch a decent amount of college basketball. And these refs obviously are in it. They they live it every day. I'm just still very confused why the game had to shift so drastically off of what I – I mean, there was a little talking that was starting to happen on the court, which, by the way, like, welcome to college basketball in twenty. I mean, it happens literally every time down the floor, whether it's the too small or blowing a kiss. That Flanagan thing is the most, that, that, I'm sorry, that, that is just ridiculous. I don't even want to get into- I, Yeah.
1: And, and, and we could say this because I thought the technical against Tennessee was pretty ridiculous too. It was their, their backup center was more than halfway down the court. And, and, you know, gave the two small gesture, which everybody knows is Janai's favorite thing to do after a good move. You know, if you're going to dish it out, you should be able to take it a little bit. And I think our guys can, we don't typically get, like, that's not something that gets us out of our game. What gets us out of our game is so many times driving inside, getting contact, and the refs suddenly then decide to swallow their whistle. But, you know, Alan Flanagan, he didn't even blow a kiss. You know, like, you normally think if you're going to blow a kiss, you're going to do the Dylan Cardinal. Bring a hand. Bring a hand to your face. It was a lip pop that even on the replay, you're kind of like, I what are they what did they see? What were they looking at?
0: I, I just don't. Uh, and really, you know, so that was like second half. First half, the whole game, the whole game shifted on, you know, a play where Wendell was frustrated. He tried to tie somebody up. There was some talking. KD was in the middle of it. They look at it. There was no foul. There was no anything. I don't even know why we go... To the to the review booth to look at stuff like that. It's dumb. And then, you know, the crowd who very lethargic. I have AM friends who have said, like, man, I really hope we can start getting fans of these games. Their team is eight and two in the league and they can't show up and make noise. Um, but and then the crowd gets into it. AM was down nine at that point, I believe. And it just it gave this rallying thing. And if you've watched buzz williams teams ever they're always gonna play it's it's always gonna be super physical they want it that way they want the the whistles to blow it reminds me of frank martin it really does it's like the new frank martin yeah
1: and I, I, look i am I'm, I'm obviously a little bitter because now we're we're on a a skid against buzz williams but if the referees want to insert themselves into a, into the game in that way insert yourself into the game what's going on on the sideline buzz williams Yeah, is a third of the way onto the court (laughs) so frequently that they actually gave him a sideline warning. It took him all the way into the end of the first half. But like that affects the game that affects the spacing that affects communication. There's a reason why you're not allowed to do that. And if you're going to get ticky tack with your technicals, keep the coaches in the box. It matters. Particularly, there was a moment where we had a fast break where one of the A&M guys was down and Buzz Williams comes running into the middle of the court to call a timeout and to get the, to get the game stopped for an injury timeout. And I'm just, I like, I don't, I don't know what game the referees were watching half the time. It was very confusing.
0: It 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 really was. Um, and unfortunately the, the reason we struggle in that it, I think has a lot to do, you know, I still thought in the second half, we did a decent job staying in front of their guards But once their bigger guards realize, well, I can just barrel in and travel every time and and Wendell's literally with his arms up backing away from the, and they're going to call it. And then uh, Jani got one or two that he shouldn't have gotten. He should have been a little more disciplined, but you know how that works with bigs. You get one or two of those and then you're going to get one that you deserve or that you don't deserve. And now all of a sudden you're at four and we had to start playing that game with like, 13 minutes left where cardwell had three in the first half and he had a weird one in the first half. It,
1: and let's talk too. like, we had some of that going the other way as well, where Wendell got matched up onto one of their Fords. Um, and it was a good, it was a good mismatch for him. He wanted to try and pull up and shoot. And he saw overextending the hand and it was a ghost foul. Yeah. I don't know that the Texas A&M player ever made contact with Wendell, but right. he did that Steph Curry move where you swing through hard and go up into a shot. Yeah. And it looks like a foul and that fooled the referees. Yeah. And that was in our favor. So that's just another example to me of I I don't know what they were looking at or what they were trying to control in terms of the, the physicality of the game with the way that they were calling stuff.
0: And I'm trying to be reasonable because it's hard on the kids. It really is. I sound like an old person. It's hard on the kids. It's, the, way we were we old, Matt. <laughs> the way we were defending to the start the, the game was built for not calling a lot we were we were swiping we were reaching we were you know helping um we were running through screens and getting around them and and you know it was great and then when everything tightened up it is obviously the the players have to like change a little bit of that now i still wasn't thrilled i didn't like this you mentioned the zone i don't even want to get into it. I, I didn't like that at times thought we were in it too much and i honestly here's what's frustrating margin for error i'm, I'm going everywhere margin for error You know what's bad for this team when, uh, look, I love Zep, pro Zep, uh, completely whiffs out of bounds. Uh, A a simple switch that we literally switch every motion on every defensive out of bounds. It's like, what we do, he gives up a wide open leg. So that's not a big deal, right? It's just a basket, okay? Well, how about Chris Moore when he was in the first half throwing – one of the worst inbounds passes I've ever seen, you know, our four always throws it in. And now that's Chris Moore coming in. That led to a fast break the other way and made Bruce so mad. I think he might've called a timeout. He was, or there was a timeout right after that. He was, he was livid. So these, Oh yeah. Livid. Bruce was,
1: Bruce was not feeling it on the sidelines tonight in part because it was some of these small plays, yeah. the simple execution stuff where the margin for error lives, seems to live for us. Yes. These moments. Um, let's talk about, uh, Chris more a little bit and some of these changes to our rotation because I think there is some stuff that is working and some stuff that's not. I was a big fan of the way KD played tonight. Yeah. Um. I've been number one KD Slander. Two of five from the floor, one of two from three. You want to talk about not shooting us out of a game. He was very conservative with the way that he handled the ball. Yep. Um. He had one turnover, but he had three rebounds and two assists. Yep. So we're back talking about that net positive. He led the bench with only five points, unfortunately. But Normally, Katie is a guy that's going to do a lot of damage at the foul line for us. And good grief could he not buy a whistle tonight? He went inside so frequently, did his usual raise up thing go in for tough shots, and there was contact, and the referees seemed to think that that was just okay because he was a smaller guy tonight,
0: yeah, yeah. um yeah, I, I'm and that's why I've pushed back now. I'm with you. i I love. Uh, Trey was playing so well in the first half I, I don't know if that was by design that we were going to do that tonight no matter what or if they just wanted to reward Trey for hey like he kicked butt like our run was with Trey on the floor for a lot of it in the first half um, and they put Wendell in the two, and it led to a couple really good possessions and good looks so tonight was kind of a good example to me of the middle ground between you and Jackson some of y'all's like hey like less KD maybe do something different here but we still you know <laughs> Zepp and um, Katie still played close to their normal minutes and we still got to do a different look. So I kind of like,
1: yeah. That. And we had some head scratching moments from guys that have been a little bit more reliable of late uh, Leo Berman and Chris Moore. We've already talked about Chris a little bit. We can talk about him some more if you want, but um, overall just, you know, a blank box score, one rebound, one turnover, two fouls, not great. Um, well, and a and terrible Leo- inbounds
0: pass. He's trying to throw to yeah. the it speed. It's just, and he just hasn't been the same since his injury. And I don't know if that's just coincidence or what, but he's just not the same He Well, he was really helping us first half of the year.
1: I think that's part of it. I also think it's getting him out of his usual position on the floor. Sure. He's having some physical mismatches. Now he's a little bit heftier than Johan, but he doesn't have some of the length or the quickness. Um, I like being able to rotate Johan to the five. I know everybody disagrees with me on this, but so much of what he was finishing his last year in high school doing was at that kind of five position. Yeah putting himself to the basket. I think it's clear to me defensively, that's where he's more comfortable when he doesn't have to cover quite as much of the floor. Um, But Lior tonight, I I, I actually felt was an offensive liability for the first time in his career, in part because he didn't seem to know when to shoot it. Uh, Early on, he was looking really great. He was getting to a spot in the corner and his typical three rotation stuff of, I'm going to be here. If they don't cover me, toss it to me late in the shot clock and I'll I'll put one up. Um, One for three from three-pointer, not great. But, you know, average, fine. The real problem was teams are starting to learn that you can let Leor penetrate and draw some help defense in. And he, either because he's not really comfortable with it or because he doesn't have that green light from Bruce, he's not willing to, put up, to, to pull up and, and hit a mid-range shot. And I think that's a strength for him. And I think if we're going to continue to reward his play with these minutes offensively and get the ball to him on offense, He's got to be more comfortable doing that kind of pull up and rhythm and take those shots because he had some looks tonight that because that's not really his role to go out there and score eight points a night. I think he passed on them and we've either got to uh, enable him to take those shots and really encourage him that, Hey, if you're in that moment and you've got the matchup, we want you to be the one shooting the ball or the minutes are going to have to shrink because he had a really, really rough turnover tonight. And a lot of his drives did more harm than good on our offense.
0: Yeah, it's really you know. I think the you still see the pieces moving around a little bit. Like, does the Trey Wendell thing become a thing? Does Leor keep his minutes? If you take Leor's minutes, does Chris move back to back up three behind Flan? And then if that happens, does Johan go back to the four, or do you keep him as a third center behind Cardwell? Um, there's just you know, we're, I'm I'm glad we're still you know looking for all options.
1: Um, I, I want to know what you would think about this because. We always talk about how on offense there's only one ball. Yeah. And I, I do think we were a better team of Flanagan coming off the bench. I think if we're gonna have Chris in the game, where he is at his best is as a defender. And when he's on the floor with that second unit, they're using him in that same role that Jalen is. Jalen's so great at uh offering assists. We got another game with Jalen, four assists, second place on the team. He is an outstanding passer. He's got great vision, and he works really well in that full role in Bruce Pearl's offense. Chris Moore is just not as polished as Jalen, and we know that. And he's also missing a little bit of the size that Jalen has and the size that Johan has, frankly, to kind of see some of these passing lanes or be able to get the ball into uh, our fives when they're matched up one-on-one. And I think that hurts us. And I think we were in a better position with um, Chris Moore starting and Flanagan coming off the bench.
0: maybe and uh, it just feels like such a risk right now you're right that the positions are incredibly different um and chris has cross-trained at those since he got to auburn so he you know he's familiar with the four he just you know he hadn't played a ton either way um
1: no i mean it's clear he knows what to do like mentally his his game is all there the question has always just been execution
0: i man it's just with what flanagan's done he's been so much better and even tonight just putting up solid again within himself like good number like that's a good game from flanagan i know it's not maybe all sec like we had hoped maybe but it's it's good so like
1: it's clear that flanagan i i you know it's hard to say because there have been some eruption moments from jalen particularly when you go back to early in the year but since we've entered conference play i think our three best players are wendell green janai broom and alan flanagan Mm. and jalen is such an effective scorer we obviously know what jenai can do another huge night from him 18 points 10 rebounds um wendell 20 points, six assists, four rebounds, one steal, fill in the stat sheet, um, doing what Wendell Green does and what the point guard does in a Bruce Pearl offense. I just feel that having Flanagan there with the starting unit changes the overall flow of the minutes and flow of the game. And I would just, I, I think putting him back on the bench and having him come with that second unit, just like it was clear Wendell was our best point guard last year, it's clear that our best small forward, is Alan Flanagan. And having someone like that come off the bench in later rotations just forces the team to defend you differently as opposed to when he's out there with all five of our best players.
0: The only downside, I, I hear what you're saying. And I think if we limited the minutes break difference differential, like if but but the pro the only problem with that would be or the only challenge would be you start Chris Moore and you still only want to play him eight or ten minutes. Yeah. Like you're either going to play him for two minutes and then take him out. And then bring him back in later, or you play him for like that first TV timeout, and then you kind of like to, for Flanagan to be playing the same minutes, he almost has to play the rest of the half, like both halves, if he does. And
1: hard. honestly, athletically, I think he can do that. I think he, he can do that, but then you have
0: foul trouble, and like it, it just creates some some potential issues. Right, right,
1: right. It. But uh, my my personal opinion, just you know, as a fan watching, is I think that is our solution to continuing to tweak. Yeah. I, I, I think it's clear that uh, Bruce is doing a really fantastic job of continuing to evaluate things. I think he's rewarding these guys that are our five current starters in part because they just, they're, they're playing really well. They're doing their jobs exactly as we need them to do. Tonight was just a masterful performance from all five of them. You got everything that you needed from every single one of those guys. Wendell led us an assist. Janai had a double, double Jalen stuffed the shat, stat sheet, uh, Alan, three of three from the line, just huge 50% from the floor. Like what more can you want as a scoring threat from your wing? We got six points out of Zepp Jasper. That's just huge. You know, he probably shot a few too many three pointers, but that was in part because they were leaving him open. And you know, that's the role for our two guard is to get to that wing spot, get to your, get to your look and shoot those three pointers. If nobody's going to cover you. So I don't know how those five guys can play a better game
0: again offense wasn't the problem you know yeah. I, I think the offense was plenty good um you know nice to see that after the tennessee debacle i think it really just tennessee's just special i know we made them look probably more special than they are but um a ms defense is good and it was good to see wendell especially like i guess we could talk about the last minute you know we, we had a couple opportunities i guess we were down what three with 30 no down two down yeah, two just with down two 38 seconds. We called timeout, which I always just laugh now because I'm like, oh boy, we called timeout. Now let's see what happens. And we we just ran a simple one four, pick and pop with Jalen. And um look, Jalen hit three threes tonight. He was pretty good in a lot of areas. I didn't think he rebounded well enough, and that's just one of those moments, right? Like Wendell took a way out three that air was it air ball? I think it was air ball. Um, I think so. Yeah. And, but Jalen had that action first. He had a look if he wanted it, he could have probed and gotten inside to that little post move. You know, we could have thrown it, maybe gotten Janai involved a touch. Um, and so that didn't go well. And Wendell had turned it over a possession before. And it just,
1: that was really the killer.
0: Now we got away with that one because we got the ball back, but you miss an opportunity to get a shot up, right? Like that's, that's the key. Yeah. Um, so, not a great last minute, but I do want to give Wendell credit because he really did carry us, and this is a tough, long this is the kind of team we think Wendell would sometimes really sh- struggle with, and he does really struggle with sometimes. and he did a really good job of staying within himself for most of this game his his three missed free throws for him is is probably where he is really frustrated, and then the last few possessions, obviously
1: and i yeah, and I think honestly, a lot of that had to do with how many minutes we played him um Wendell's too, such
0: so. A- He's 32. He play, I mean, he plays that every night, just about.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, just like in terms of the stretches, yeah. um, in large part, because I think we did see a reduction in KD's minutes down the stretch. A little bit. Uh, in part, because I think it was clear he just wasn't going to get those foul calls. And um, Wendell did a really good job of picking his times to drive. As we've gone into conference play, it's been nice to see. I feel like Wendell is getting better offensively. Whereas in the position that we were in last year, he was becoming a little bit of a detriment and a little bit scared out there on the floor because people knew to just trap. Yeah. And now I think we're a little bit better spaced as a scoring team. We have a few more scoring threats, particularly particularly when our closers are out there on the floor. So people aren't as eager to trap him and it allows them to find those space, find those good cutting lanes. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's, it's tough to watch him put in a really good effort again in a tough, tough matchup. Let me ask you this
0: because the numbers don't really say this. But for my vantage point watching, and I can't tell if this was just me biased because I was mad about the defense. Yes. Did it feel like did it feel like we went away? <laughs> I was. Did did we did we feel like we went away from our inside out game that we've been really established? I know we won points in the paint 38-32, which is pretty amazing with how many putbacks and AM had inside. Like that's where they got a lot of their inside points. Um I I felt like that in the game, but then when I look at these numbers, it's like, well, maybe we didn't, maybe we did get inside a lot. I don't
1: know. No, again, you have to remember we went on some really impressive runs where we would stretch the lead to seven, eight or nine. And a lot of that was that inside game. But the problem was the last about six minutes of this game, um, our centers were in foul trouble. They were both sitting on four fouls mm-hmm. and that was when a and M finally really decided to go to work. And the game was close enough that that was what wound up making the difference was it, College college basketball is a game of streaks. No, you're right. College basketball is a game of streaks, and that was how the streak for the points in the paint went. I don't think we got enough down the stretch, and I don't know how much of that was us going away from that identity as much as it was just feeling like we're afraid to get these guys one more ticky-tack foul on a charge or something else.
0: Well, and to be fair, Wendell was hitting shots. Jalen was hitting shots. I mean, we we were getting we were hitting shots. So I guess that's probably a little revisionist history by me to wonder that. It just I don't know. There's just something about those last few minutes that just I get anxious. I don't know if other Auburn fans feel like this when we're just dribbling it out outside and it's like I just sometimes I just want that high-low Jalen at the elbow uh, broom post-touch sometimes. I, I Personally, that's, that might just be me. but
1: I think some of that had to do with the way A&M defended us. I think a lot of teams know down the stretch um, collapse the defense, keep guys close to the basket, let Auburn shoot. Yeah. And, you know, that's, and that's and the, the way the teams want to lose to us.
0: And the nice thing, again, I, I let's be encouraged. We shot 38% from three on the road. Um, you know, like how many guys? I always look at this. Six guys hit threes. I mean, that that's um that's a good sign for it's us. Huge. We can hit some shots. And honestly, that's how did we overcome a twenty two point free throw disparity? I mean, it was threes. Um, we hit three more threes than them and we were pretty efficient with it. And we shot uh,
1: the ball ten more times than they did
0: because they kept getting fouled that's the sneaky yeah. part about that stat is like well those shots don't count when AM's going to the line every freaking time um but overall like super frustrating I, I, you, can you imagine how these players feel you know this is you go back you know the georgia game was close the on the road the memphis game was close we were we were close in the end um the usc game was pretty close um what, what, what close game has we won? We, we, we beat Florida. That was really close. That was down to the last second.
1: Yeah. And how we beat Florida down to the last second was we didn't have to make the play. Yeah. We had to stop them from making the play. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, that's the Matt system coming into effect again. Like when we find ourselves trailing in that last TV timeout, we are just not as good offensively as we are defensively. Um, and the Florida game is a perfect example of that where, you know, they had, they ran a really great play to get the ball into Castleton but we're so confident in our overall defense that we switched Janai off and let Jalen defend Colin Castleton inside, and he forced a turnover late. And if we're in that position where someone is chasing us, we're such a better team because we believe so strongly in our defense. And I think that's that Bruce Pearl tenacity. And that was the tough part about tonight was there were times where we had a chance to stretch it going away yes. late, yes. and we just kept getting in foul trouble. Yes. Both
0: halves. Both halves we had yeah. chances, I felt, to really kind of break it open and get a double-digit lead. And we've seen how hard those are to overcome if you can get there, especially with our defense. And um, we kind of – I just – whether it was A&M adjusting well or us being in foul trouble or us not being as committed on that defensive end, A&M just got really comfortable on offense. And, you know, say what you want about the Tennessee game. That Tennessee team was never comfortable that entire yeah. game on offense. And I think
1: a lot of that has to do with uh, this phenomenon that I I have noticed as an Auburn fan in in all sports. Nobody's ever afraid of us, Mm. even when we're good, even when we're really good. Everybody looks at us and it's like, oh yeah, Auburn's really good. That's going to be a huge win for us when we can upset them. And there's a real hunger to beat us all the time in everywhere and in everything. But we had the situation where we're cooling off. We've not been looking great. We're about to fall out of the top 25, and Tennessee's got that big number two by their name. All the pressure is on them, and suddenly they don't care about beating us. They're afraid to lose, Yeah, and that makes a huge difference. Whereas this A&M team, you know, they're a team that's on the bubble right now, and this might be the win that gets them in the dance. It's looking like right now this is the win that's going to get them in that first round By A lot has to go wrong for A&M to fall out of the top four now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they're, they're trying to overcome. If you're confused about how that works, like they, they just had a really bad non-conference season where they didn't beat anybody good and they lost a bunch of games they shouldn't have. And they, despite the fact that they're nine and two in the league, their, their metrics just aren't as good. Having said that, I saw this uh, Justin Ferguson um, posted, you know, four quad one opportunities last four we've had lost by 14 total points. So we're right there. We're right there in these games. And I said, you know, kind of frame this for me, the second half of the uh, the conference schedule, six huge opportunities, right? At yeah. Tennessee, uh, at A&M, Alabama at home, Tennessee at home, Kentucky on the road, and at Bama. Um, and I
1: think this is the confusing thing about trying to look at this team right now is week to week. It's so strange because there is a week where they look like, hey, this, you know, this could be a team that peaks at the Sweet 16. And then you have a game like tonight and you go, wow, it's going to be really exciting to win the NIT.
0: No, no, we're we're not there yet. I think, I think people, again, our metrics got way better by losing to Tennessee, like because it's the best team we played all year numbers wise and we played well. Yeah. Um, and the thing about Ken Palm and net and some of that is it it is weighted by how close these games are. Like it, it does factor that in. So the fact that we, did go on the road in Tennessee and lose by that, by three, the fact that we go to AM and lose by five, like those are going to not hurt us that bad. But the problem is we're getting to a point at uh, Jackson sent in our message. Like, well, we're getting to a point. Where we got to beat Tennessee or Alabama at home. No,
1: uh,
0: now those well, let's
1: are... look at the last, let's look at the last five games that we have coming up in February. We have Alabama at home, Missouri uh, at home. We go to Nashville to play Vanderbilt. We get Ole Miss at home and we go on the road to Kentucky and from where I'm sitting, I really feel like we got to go three and two in those games.
0: Here's how I'm looking at it. You're you're probably right. Here's how it looks to me. We're zero and two in those six I mentioned. Okay, I thought two would be incredible. Personally, we've never won in Rupp in my life. A uh, and I knew was going to be tough. Tennessee and Alabama, we know we are good. So like two out of those six, we're we're zero and two. We got four more shots at, at big wins that will elevate our resume. The other route is I think if we take care of business at home against Missouri, who's not as bad as you think, they're better than you think, um, uh, Ole Miss at home and at Vandy, that gets us to 10 and eight minimum in the SEC. And I think with our numbers, that's going to be enough. But what I don't want to do is be relying on winning all three of those games with no quality wins on Selection Sunday. So I guess that frames up like, Obviously, this Alabama game, college game day, number three Alabama, they're doing exactly what we did last year pretty much, and it's really annoying. But you know what we did last year is we swept Alabama. and this is one of those last things we have left on our schedule where this this win covers a multitude of sins, Ben Young. if we can get this one on Saturday bigly Big and it it doesn't guarantee you the tournament, but it it definitely puts you a lot closer. And it it would it would rid us of these last two games of being so close, and not coming away with it. And I will continue to reiterate: Bruce continues to prove why he's one of the better coaches. Because you're right; like you can argue the last three games we've played might be the best three game stretch we've played all year. It really might. Um,
1: Particularly if I, you just if you just look at that second half against West Virginia.
0: Well, I'm talking. I'm going Georgia, right? Georgia, Tennessee. Um, oh yeah, yeah. A yeah. and M, like. We're getting better. My fear, and I think everybody's fear, is like, how long can we keep – it's like putting putting yourself out there and getting rejected, like over and over and over again. And we keep getting close to that opportunity. We just can't get it. This Alabama game, you can't emphasize enough how big it would be for these players, for everybody who's going to be there. Please, Neville Arena, we need the magic – we need something spectacular to happen on Saturday.
1: We need it. We need it in a big way because the margin for error is real thin.
0: It is. Um, do you know if we're favored in the game? I wonder. I'm gonna...
1: No, right now, ESPN's got us listed uh, 62%. So, you know, not a terrible percentage. I'm trying to see if I can find the Vegas odds. I'm a right degenerate
0: now. gambler. I will log in and check if I can. There you go. Um,
1: I'm not seeing a point spread yet. I think they might be watching to see how Bama plays tomorrow night against Florida.
0: Yeah, could be um i'll have to look at that anyway i i would imagine we're a slight dog there even at home um but yeah so any other thoughts on this game or kind of where we sit we're what seven and five seven and
1: four I, I think seven and four
0: let's check live podcast where are we at in standings here come the standings if you're watching on youtube
1: so the downside tonight is uh, we're we're now officially behind Kentucky, so we're out of the top four. But Kentucky has a tough matchup uh, against Arkansas. Say, they're, they're playing
0: right now. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Arkansas is up at halftime by one, so we'll see. And
1: it's they cool. are in rup. so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um either way though that race for the fourth spot is now really getting starting to heat up you know i don't think any of us expect to hold on to that double buy necessarily it would have been great if we that's another big opportunity with the last two games with a&m and tennessee we could have really stayed in that hunt a little longer maybe um yeah one of
1: those two one of those two wins really stretches it for us but right now if kentucky wins tonight uh we're back by by a full game yep. um florida and alabama play tomorrow if florida somehow pulls off the upset they're now tied with us for that five slot, um, and if Arkansas beats Kentucky, which would technically be doing us a favor, Arkansas is breathing on our heels. They're not; they would now be one game back.
0: And so is Missouri, and so is Florida. So, like it, it's really going to get lumped in there in that middle of the league, which I think is where most reasonable people thought we would end up. Uh, but it just, it really stinks that we just haven't quite gotten that big win yet and last year we were spoiled we got so many big wins and exciting last minute wins and you forget that the other side of that is like so much of college basketball is the 50 50 of coming can you can you win those games at the very end where it's free throw contest or you don't turn it up can you do all those little things well and we just haven't gotten over the hump and I think you made a great point that's why y'all should listen to this podcast this team is not this team is built to defend a lead late it's not necessarily built to overcome a deficit late, at least that we've seen so far.
1: Yeah, that's our strength. Our strength is our defense. And, uh, you know, not playing teams that get to shoot 40 shots from the free throw line.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, Yeah, keep that in mind. I know it's really frustrating. Um, you know, it's, it's frustrating, but you're right. Like, a lot of this, I, I don't like blaming it, and there's plenty we could have done better. To, to make sure we come out with a win, but it is hard to overcome that kind of free throw disparity. And I think if you watch the game, I think AM did a good job of attacking and taking advantage of it, but it, it just, it felt like a very uneven whistle watching the game. And I don't think I've ever said
1: that on the podcast. If you watch along with us, you understand the Matt system pretty well. Now we've got to figure out what we're going to, how we're going to describe the Jackson system. <laughs> that is about understanding how the game is being officiated and adjusting your playing style right. and who makes that change faster. Because tonight hat tip to A and M tip to buzz Williams. He understood the way the game was being played. And late when our bigs were in foul trouble, they went inside, 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 inside. Yep. And that was That's how they true. kept it close. That was how they, that was how they won the game.
0: And, and, and again, I think a big part of that was, and you can say this is a detriment to Bruce and the small guard thing. Like, AM had more horses to get inside, draw contact, and pass all those things at the same time. Like Zepp can't do that. Uh, Katie thinks he can, and sometimes he can. Wendell can a lot, but he's, his size can still be a liability on getting those calls and getting rid of the ball safely sometimes. Um, so tough loss, man. I really wanted to, I, like I said, I think I said on the last episode, Tennessee we knew was going to be tough. Um, this week, and this three game stretch, like, can we get one? And now we're down we to the big. We still can get one. Um, man, I hope hope we can do it. Any uh, preview thoughts on that? Have you watched much Alabama?
1: Uh, I've watched a few of their games. Most of the mostly the early season stuff before they really established the Brandon Miller identity. Um, if there's one takeaway that I've had over the last few games, it's that we are figuring out how to defend these star guards. Yeah, and I think if we can establish Jalen and Janai inside early and make this game a tough physical inside matchup and not let them flex him into these easy three-point looks from you know his spot outside, I think we got a shot. Um, this is going to be the first time in a while where we're going up against a team that I think across the board is more talented than we are, just based on what I've seen this year. Um, Tennessee, obviously, as a team, plays really, really well, but I think they are more than the sum of their parts Whereas I think Alabama individually, you could put any of their guys on any team in the SEC of their starting five, and they would be a, a pretty big star. So it's going to take uh, all of our horses. Going to take a really good scout, but with any luck, uh, we're going to be playing real mad because we've had some close games that we deserve to win. And uh...
0: you you hope the rivalry, the game day, the, the the Pearlville, the the everything that hopefully will happen this weekend. There's no, obviously, we're not going to come out flat. We're going to come out excited, ready to play. But I'm more concerned, like, I do worry about the confidence level a little bit because at some point when you keep losing close opportunities, it starts, you start to kind of second guess. And I, I do think we might have seen some of that the last few minutes of this game tonight. And um, somebody's going to have to kick the door down if we're going to beat Alabama. And it, to me, my only main preview, Um, it starts with Jalen Williams. I think in this matchup that, that is the four he is, he is going to have that assignment um, to guard Brandon Miller. Now, if you're Alabama, you're obviously going to get, try to get Jalen switched off and have Brandon Miller shoot over KD or, you know, Flanagan or whoever you can get matched up with him. But can Jalen not just defend him when he's got those opportunities, but can you, can you match that position? Can you score? And, I, well, that's I,
1: gonna be that's gonna be the thing. Is I I see this game starting off like a lot of our games have. I think we're gonna get to that five minute mark in the first half, and this game could be five to four. Yeah. I think it could be Bricktown. I think it could be a lot of defensive struggles, and it's going to be so. about who can stay patient, who believes in themselves, and who believes in their scout.
0: Yeah. I I just uh, tonight hurts me so bad because I loved what I was seeing the first until that yeah. whistle until that and then everything kind of shifted and whether it's we got away from it or just didn't play as well it looked so good i just felt so good about the looks we were getting i felt so good about the defense we were playing and then for whatever reason it just all went away and we come away empty-handed yet again um man
1: but it's a big one on saturday boys and girls big one
0: let's let's yeah absolutely keep i mean look if you're not watching it, i i have lost all over say. if you're an auburn fan that's not going to watch games now because we're losing like get over yourself like be be around more than two years please because this is this is actually this kind of year we're having this is what college basketball is i worry that we're going to have a classic bubble ncaa tournament season this year which we really haven't had with bruce we've always when we've gotten in it's been as a pretty high seed mm-hmm. this is what most of college basketball experiences on a yearly basis and it is terrible because you just constantly aren't sure if your team's good you think they're good they have opportunities and they don't win and it's this is normal for um you know a lot of programs so um i really just want to get in i've been saying that for weeks we're not yeah. in yet i really want to get in
1: and we can start on saturday
0: we win saturday that's a big because you you said the schedule it gets a little easier for a little bit like if we can get saturday you start to every game's different, but we have some opportunities the next few. Yeah. Um
1: but to get to twenty.
0: The the concern is what if Alabama comes in and beats us by thirty? And now you have to win these games. You you have to beat Missouri at that point. Like yeah. it becomes a massive game to try to beat Missouri and you've lost four out of five. And it's do you start to see some, you know, dissension in the team and haven't really seen that yet? Look like the guys are still fighting together, playing together, but Big one Saturday. um We might need to do like a, I don't know. Maybe we can do like a special. I haven't talked <laughs> to Jackson about this. We might have to do a little pregame or something because this is yeah, a get, huge game. Get
1: Jackson get jackson to come back on his own podcast. That's step that's one. <laughs> Shout out
0: Jackson, wherever you are, working hard. You know, you New Yorkers just burning the midnight oil. That's right. Hard. Um. Anyway, any other thoughts, Ben?
1: That's it, man. War
0: Eagle map. War Eagle, everybody, keep fighting the good fight. Beat Bama.